Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth, beauty, and meaning. I'm Chris Jimerson. I'm Minister for Program Development here at the church. I have with me Lane Young, who's our Interim Director of Lifespan and Faith Development, and Carol Jinn, who is our lay leader this morning. I also bring you greetings from our senior minister, Meg Barnhouse. She wants you to know that she is home from the hospital and healing as she takes her sabbatical over the next few weeks. She sends you much love. I especially want to welcome our visitors this morning. We're so glad you're here, and we hope you'll join us for coffee and conversation in Housen Hall after the service. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. Please join in the words that we use to light the chalice, which can be found in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Come, let us bloom together. Come, let us blend together our radiant colors, our magnificent shapes, our glorious forms of expression. Come, let us turn together toward the light and the warmth that allow life to flourish. Come, let us gather in reverence for that which is larger than any of us as individuals, and yet of which we are each a part. Come, we will bloom together. Unitarian Universalism draws from many wisdom resources, including the beauty of nature. Today we have our multi-generational flower communion service. Everyone of all ages will be staying with us, and later today Lane will be explaining to us how we're going to exchange our flowers with one another. We don't have a set of beliefs that we all have to sign on to. There's no creed in universalism, Unitarian Universalism. And so sometimes people ask us, well, then what holds you together? Well, one of the things that holds this congregation together is our mission. It's our common purpose, and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. You who have an eye for miracles, regard the bud now appearing on the bare branch of the fragile young tree. It's a mere dot, a nothing. But already it's a flower, already a fruit, already its own death and resurrection. We've come to the time in our service where we breathe together. And breathing together... Some of us pray, some meditate, some simply reach a moment of stillness and follow our breath down to that deeper place inside, that place of beauty and wisdom. Breathing together, feeling one another's presence, we enter into that place of greater wisdom that spark of the divine within each of us. We enter into a moment of sacred silence 
remembering that human sounds and the sounds of small children are a part of that silence in this congregation. Breathing together, we enter that time of silence together. Each year around this time, many of our Unitarian Universalist churches engage in this ritual ceremony we call the Flower Communion. Thank you, John. In just a few minutes, Lane will tell us about the history of our Flower Communion and walk us through how we will share our flowers with one another during the ritual itself. I think it's worth reflecting briefly first, though, on why this has become such a well-loved annual tradition. What larger truths does this enduring ritual allow us to embody together? As I look out over the flowers we have arranged up front here, as well as those you still hold, I'm struck by the diverse beauty of each of the individual blooms. Somehow the individual radiance of each one of them is magnified by both its unity and contrast with the other flowers. Also, though, gathered together, they form a bouquet that has its own unique form of beauty, different than that of any of the separate individual flowers. Well, that's quite a metaphor for what happens when we gather together in community each of us bringing our own individual talents, abilities, challenges, and blessings for our world and one another, each of us bringing our own perspectives and desires. And at our best, just like we do when we exchange our flowers in the flower communion, we share at least something of these magnificent expressions of our individual selves with each other. At our best, each of us goes home with something new and beautiful, some broadened perspective because of our encounters with one another. And at our very best, we form a radiant bouquet that is greater than the sum of its individual elements. Together, our individual flowerings are amplified so that we are far better able to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Thank you, Roseanne. I think that within this metaphor I've just been talking about dwells what has been a historical theological challenge for us as Unitarian Universalists. On the one hand, we arise from a history with a strong inclination towards individualism. We are the heretics who have again and again questioned dogma and called for the freedom and right of conscience of the individual. We're the products of Walt Whitman's Song of Myself, Ralph Waldo Emerson's Self-Reliance, and Henry David Thoreau's Civil Disobedience. Yet, our history also includes the legacy of the Universalist, who valued a religious community of all souls and believed in the universal salvation of all people. Likewise, our Unitarian ancestry has given us our covenantal way of being together. We make a promise as a religious community to walk together in the ways of love. And we've tended to view this instinct towards individualism, 
sometimes radical individualism, up against our inclination for forming deep religious community as kind of standing in linear opposition to one another. So with that perspective, we've had to try to balance the rights and inherent worth of each individual against our strong desire to create strong and institutionally sustainable communities. We've seen it as either or rather than both and. And that's understandable, given that there's a long human history in which the community norms and biases have often stifled and oppressed individual expression and flourishing. I think what the flower communion helps us to better understand, though, is that this linear duality between individuality and community doesn't necessarily have to exist. The interplay between each of us as individuals and the larger community we wish to create can be far more complex and multi-dimensional. Like when we gather our flowers together, we can create communities that value our differences and see them as what fuels the richness and fullness of the community as a whole. We can create communities where in each one of us can radiate our own beauty by locating ourselves in both solidarity, unity, and loving contrast with one another. Our flower ritual reminds us and helps us to more deeply grasp that rather than having to be in opposition to one another, individuality and communalism can exist together in harmony. And that truly is communion. So, Lane, let's have a flower communion. In the city of Prague, in the land of Czechoslovakia, in the year 1923, there was a church. But the building did not look very much like a church. It had no bells, no spires, no stained glass windows. It had no piano to make beautiful music. It had no candles or chalices. And it had no flowers. This church did have some things. It had four walls and a ceiling and a floor. It had a door and a few windows. And it had some wooden chairs. But all in all, it was a very plain and simple church. Except, the church also had people who came to it every Sunday. It had a minister, and his name was Norbert Chopik. He had been the minister at this plain and simple church for two years. Every Sunday, Minister Chopik went to church, and he spoke to people while they listened, sitting quietly in those hard wooden chairs. When he was done speaking, the people would talk a little bit amongst themselves, and then they went home. And that was it. No music, no candles. No food after service, not even breakfast tacos. <laughs> Springtime came to the city of Prague, and Norbert Chopik went out for a stroll. The rains had come, the birds were singing, and the flowers were blooming all over the land. The world was beautiful. Then an idea came to him, simple and clear, plain as day. The next Sunday, he asked all the people in his church to bring a flower, a budding branch, or even a twig with them next Sunday. Each person was to bring one. What kind, they asked. What color, what size? You choose, he said. 
Each of you choose what you like. And so on the next Sunday, which was also the first day of summer, the people came with flowers of all different colors and sizes and kinds. There were yellow daisies, there were red roses, there were white lilies and blue asters, dark-eyed pansies and green leaves, pink and purple and orange and gold. There were all of these colors and more. Flowers filled all of the vases, and the church wasn't so plain and simple anymore. Minister Chopik spoke to the people while they listened, sitting quiet in those still hard wooden chairs. These flowers are like ourselves, he said. Different colors and different shapes and different sizes, each needing different kinds of care. But each beautiful, each important and special in its own way. When he was done speaking, the people talked a little bit amongst themselves, and then they each chose a different flower from the vases before they went home. And that was all. And it was beautiful, plain, and simple as the day. It is now time for us to share in our own flower communion. I ask that as each of you approach the communion vases, to do so quietly, reverently, with a sense of how important it is for each of us to address our world and one another with gentleness, justice, and love. Once you bring your flower up, select a different flower to take home with you, one that particularly speaks to you. As you take your chosen flower, noting its particular shape and beauty, please remember to handle it carefully. It is a gift that someone has brought to you. It represents that person's unique humanity and therefore deserves your kindest touch. Norbert Chopik started this ritual to celebrate the beauty of our faith and the people in it. Remembering that the sounds of the children in the congregation are part of this quiet, let us now share quietly in this Unitarian Universalist ritual of oneness, community, and love. Please join me in the words we say to extinguish the chalice, which you can find in the order of service. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. And so go forth into our world holding these tangible representations of the beauty we have shared with one another. And so go forth knowing we carry the richness and fullness of this religious community with us always. May the congregation say amen, amen. and blessed be. Go with love. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.